Hey everybody, it's Eric Torenberg, co-founder, partner of Village Global, a network-driven venture firm. And this is Venture Stories, a podcast covering topics relating to tech and business with world-leading experts. Hey everybody, welcome to Venture Stories by Village Global. I'm here with my partner, Ross Fabini, and I'm here with Mahmoud Abdelkader. CEO, co-founder of Very Good Security. Welcome to the prestigious, illustrious studio. Thank you for having us. I didn't know it was going to be so big. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> awesome. Well, let's get into it. Why don't you describe a little bit about what VGS does, Very Good Security does, and how you started it? Simply put, we let you instantly collect, protect, and exchange sensitive data on the internet. And it's very, it's solving a very important problem that I think in this day and age we we see you know, data breaches and so on and so forth. And, uh, really there's two things, there's two reasons why I started this company. One was I actually was the first company that someone was like, I will pay you money to do this for me. Right. Right off the bat. So most people are probably do a lot of tactics and tricks to be able to create their product market fit. This one kind of came knocking on our door and it took a while until we were like, how do we, how do we, you know, build a company around this. Originally it was like, okay, we're going to do PCI compliance. And then so then it was like, actually the, the, the thing around is not PCI compliance. It's what we've built to make it, you know, to make achieving something like compliance is a lot easier. And that's kind of like, you know, the story today. And, uh, the other piece was, you know, my background, I've always been reverse engineer, kind of like working and understanding how DRM protection would work. And so if, developed a knack for kind of like how I would attack a system and leveraged my experience working on Wall Street, building balanced payments, which is very popular, online payments gateway that later, you know, we struck a deal with Stripe for and just really trying to like, if I were to attack a company today, what would I do to de-incentivize myself from not attacking it, right? And so that's kind of like a big thesis on how the company is engineered. And we actually modeled it after prison, right? So yeah, so the vault, yes, the vault actually has a solitary confinement. That's where you have checks and balances to be able to get data in and out of our vault. And everything else is actually codenamed internally GenPop. So GenPop, so there's still security all around the place, but it's not as you know strict or stringent as solitary confinement. So it's a very interesting model and um, it actually helped engineer the systems in a way to control access in and out of sensitive data. So it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's been a very interesting experiment for us. Ross, why don't you get into what your investment thesis was when you made, when you made the investment and what you saw in our dear friend, Rusty. <laughs> I had my ears open for new fintech infrastructure companies. And um, because I think there's a plethora of new technology, new fintech companies that are starting to emerge. And those companies, like some of the folks you mentioned, Stripe, LendUp, Plaid, etc., they all need uh, modern infrastructure to build really rapidly. And the theory was, if you could go find the companies that were enabling those businesses, then they were going to be good businesses because fintech infrastructure is huge. And also they'd be able to grow up and then over time service the Capital Ones, Goldman's, Morgan's of the world. So you basically grow through the fintech ecosystem. Um, then, uh, so that, that was the idea and ideas are worth exactly zero. Uh, I'm sitting around and thinking it and our friend Jonathan Heilinger introduced me to Mahmoud. And not only is he squarely in that thesis of 
basically how do you create secure environments for all fintech companies and then and all companies over time he's also just an execution machine i mean i i think in the in the 10 minutes before we got on you know just Readily, rattling through. Yeah, here are the deals I closed this morning. Here are the people that have not yet closed deals that should. And, uh, and here are the three people that I'm hiring as soon as I'm done with this thing so that I can go close them. And I, so I think that combination, uh, was really compelling. Frankly, just raw execution horsepower. And then I thought very good securities is, is a very focused go to market around, again, these, all these different fintech players with a solution that's very clear, but also it just expands all the way up to the largest companies in the in fintech and on more broadly all the largest companies in the world that actually deal with PII data, secure data. Basically, it's all companies these days. It's interesting that it seems that you guys have approached the idea from two different perspectives. Ross Moore, macro, hey, you know, I'm noticing all these you know, fintech infrastructure companies are sprouting up that are going to be huge. What are companies that can you know support and enable them? And Mahmood, hey somebody wants to pay us to, to do something, maybe there's a big big opportunity. Is, is that fair to, to assess in terms of how you guys approach this? I mean, yeah. Ultimately, I noticed the same thing that, you know, Ross's thesis is uh, based on, which is sensitive data is required, but then what do you do on the sensitive data? And that's to operate on sensitive data. So VGS's mission is to power the world's secure operations, right? And to do that, we have to acquire the world's sensitive data. And to do that, there's a ton of ways for us to do that. And Ross's thesis stands because that sprawls into so many different industries and verticals and basically does become infrastructure for next generation companies like the plaids, like the stripes, um, that will grow and service all these bigger institutions. In fact, a lot of our enterprise deals come from our customers lead genning them to us, not us going to them. And so it was actually a very interesting pattern of us acquiring larger institutions through that. And so, you know, the thesis is holding true. We're seeing this happen. And in fact, if you go to ask my, you know, my team who've been working diligently to support me and thank you, Ross, for the kind words about me being an execution machine, but really it's not just me. It's, it's my team who have been kind of like, you know, keeping me up to, standard here we've been just they've been very very supportive and you can hear them always say you know well your thesis holds right everything i say is my thesis holds if my thesis holds true this will happen right and so it's very awesome to see an investor that has a thesis from the beginning and kind of ways helps me think things through and validate them as we uh as we grow does that make sense yeah, I think one thing with, with venture people is all you have is these theses. You have to like actually find people that are really doing work. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that, the thing that's winning, I always thought that was going to yeah. win. You know, I always say it's like venture people like hold the bucket and then, you know, Mahmood and his team fill it full of blood. You know, like that's the, you know, the thesis is like, wouldn't it be great if this thing that was in this bucket? It, the fun stuff also, I think working on less so recently, but in past uh, around what can you do if you had all the data? Is this thing, is this goal worthy of your ambition? And I think uh, I think your take of what you could do with all that data was always firing. That's a you know a destination, not a today. But. Exactly. Yeah, say more about that. Yeah. Sure. So first, it's very important to say that VGS does not see your data, right? And so, but the whole idea is, you know, there's a whole branch of cryptography that's you know allowing you to operate on data without actually seeing what the data is. And so something that 
you know, very similar to how Gmail works and how they serve you as in, in, in a programmatic way, you know, seeing the advances in mathematics today of, you know, searchable symmetric encryption or differential privacy or even, you know, partially homomorphic encryption, a lot of these advances allow you to operate on encrypted data without actually seeing the underlying data. So, and if we can figure out a way to, you know, in the future control that flow of data and open up possibilities, then it allows us to move up the stack. And so instead of just being a vault that, you know, is very, very secure, and that's our core focus, which is actually very different, is one of the first companies that, you know, most companies build security companies as a secondary byproduct of them being into into an industry. So for example, if I'm starting a payment processing company like I did, my last company, Balance Payments, I had to also build an internal data security company. So it's not my core competency, it's not my core focus, but I had to build a company to secure data in order for me to even be in the payment processing space. And it's not just payment processing space, you have insurance, financial services, banking, tons of these companies today that must exist in this space to build security companies. So, but our business really is your security, right? It's very, it's very, most companies today just sell you a larger fence but no one is selling you a bank to store your data. And this is very similar to the way that we are processing, you know, we process transactions with our bank, we deposit money into it, we send it, we receive it. We operate on our data, we interact with it. It's a, it's the, that, that currency is, is, is money. In our case, what we store is the sensitive data. And ultimately, how to build on top of that is a challenge that's left to be explored and is the next phase of our company. The company you lend up with one of the the first businesses that you, you built in partnership with, yeah, and uh, and old friends of ours. Um, you know, I think it's really they're a fascinating example because they use the data vault internally to provide the the compliance security and compliance solution. But then they build applications on top of that data, so that the people within the company can operate, make decisions, prosecute loans, do all the activities they need to do their job but without actually taking any secure information That's right. into their environment. That's right. And I, I always thought that idea executed within LendUp, like that just scaled in every company across companies, et cetera. And that's actually, and we actually just wrote a case study. And so, um, which is funny because we're growing up, right? And so we have case studies now. So it's a big deal for us. Um, it's like hashtag goals, you know? Uh, but uh, <laughs> but um, they, uh, they've been a tremendous success. And it's, I, I'm happy to say that V just plays a very small part into their success, right? You know, Sasha and Jake, the founders of LendUp are, you know, tremendous executors as well. And I've kind of like take a look at them and also on my company, it inspires me. And I'll tell you that, you know, just seeing the way they're super diligent and disciplined about how they take their customers data security and privacy very seriously is honestly something that should be replicated across many companies today. Being part of YC and seeing people spring to production and giving and giving demos on products that you know may not be secure with open MongoDB ports or open database ports, like it's also partially one of the reasons why I built this company VGS and why my co-founder and I really thought that this is the right way to go about it because we want to start from the developers upwards and they started from their DNA. It's in their DNA and it's actually you could see it. Uh, happen and uh, the way they think about it, but also the cleverness by which they're adding applications onto our platform and 
basically figuring out solutions to avoid touching the sensitive data, keeping their entire company out of scope from stuff like PCI compliance or SOC 2 type 2. So they are PCI compliant, right? But it's so fast because they have no card data environment, right? That's all part of VGS. And, um, you know, I'm very thankful that they took a chance on us and I'm very happy that they're happy with the business. And they're actually coming up with a lot of really interesting use cases that we're seeing many other companies ask for, have asked for. And so it's really cool to see that like product market come together in a fit that has a complete toolkit for data security and privacy, right? Could you, could you talk a little bit more about, um, what with me about, about, um, the developer execution? Cause it's always this fascinating thing. Like VGS is like such a superpower for a developer that has to go implement a secure environment. But so often the compliance need, the, the worrying about PCI, the worry about SOC 2 comes from, comes from the board, comes from another executive, another business unit. But you, you guys have really taken the, the point of view of like, how do we bring developers into the room or into the adoption cycle? So that's actually one of the hardest problems to solve. When I start out an application today, I'm never going to think about security first, right? It's always something where I'm like, oh, I'm going to actually touch sensitive data at some point. And so I probably need to think about it. But I typically, when I start out, I want to avoid it, right? And so that's actually part of the reason why we have this whole product called VGS Collect. And it just allows you to collect sensitive data in a very, very easy to collect away, right? Without actually touching it, right? And we've built all these toolkits so that your UI components can effectively be secured. And so as a developer, you start out from the beginning with building security into your application. And we started by really thinking about how Balanced was trying to solve a problem, how Stripe is trying to solve a problem. You know, Stripe captured the mindshare of how do I accept payments, right? That led to being able to be the de facto answer for that question is what led to their tremendous success alongside their relentless execution, right? And that's something to be, you know, Patrick and John are something to be like, we look, I, I look up to them a lot, right? Patrick and John, I look up to them a lot because they did execute on that vision and they took such answering a simple question to where it is today. And what that tells you is that developers are building the next generation of applications and they are also the ones that are on the hook for when security goes awry. Look at how Equifax blamed a developer in front of Congress. Of course, terrible to blame one person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? And so I, but, but I think, but I think at the end of the day, developers need to really think about how they're going to build their applications today because it, they are on the hook when something like this happens. Right. So going after them has been very challenging. And so being able to understand how to take an enterprise level product and distill it down for the modern developer that does not have time to learn all the bits and pieces of how your product works has been a big challenge for our team and we've luckily come to a really good conclusion of how to how to get it out there yeah speaking of of stripe there's a old tale maybe it's real maybe it's apocryphal but either on their yc application or to an early investor uh someone asked them hey what's your unique insight or what's your secret and i, th I think patrick john said something like our customers don't exist yet sort of alluded you know which is a wink to the idea of how payments would would be changed online uh, i guess i'm curious how would you answer the same question in terms of what is your sort of unique insight or, or secret that separates vgs from what has existed in the past whether it's on technological angle or go-to-market angle of course so that's a good question and the reason why it's a good question is because our customers do exist so we bucket them we bucket them into two categories there's the customer or the prospect that every week 
in their product planning meetings has a 10 minute session on how to avoid touching sensitive data. Right. So think about chat bots that are, you know, going out to some of the lawyers and the virtual assistants and their natural response to these professional services individuals. These offices are basically, well, can you accept payment data for me? Right. And, or can you accept a back? Can you run a background check on the person before, you know, you qualify the lead? Right. A lot of these AI machine learning chatbots, all of these companies are going to accept sensitive data at some point and they purposefully avoid touching that. Right. So I spoke to several customers of ours today who this has always been on the radar, but until a big deal requires them to do it, they typically just say it's not a priority. It's not a priority. It's not a priority, which again goes back to Ross's point. How do you get the developer to integrate and get a really good security posture in under 30 minutes? Right. And so our customers exist today and will exist in the future. They just don't want to touch sensitive data. That's one that bucket it. And then there's the customers like LendUp who were on a very tight deadline because they were going to give a very public presentation in a very, very prestigious conference. And they had to achieve a level of compliance in order for them to even access sandboxes for them to begin building their product. So we call that type of prospect or customer the one who has succumbed to accepting sensitive data. They have now just given up that they must accept it. And now they have to go through the process and the rigor of getting that, you know, uh, of getting compliant. And VGS provides a very, very easy way to solve their pain points as well. You know, I think one of the things that's been, that's, uh, that's so exciting about that approach is within the largest financial institutions in the world, there are subgroups that have that same need, which is I, I want to ship shit now. But I'm in this very compliant, rigorous environment. Go in there. VGS is such an enabler for them. And you can watch the person, you know, the other cube wall, the other office wall. Like, well, how, how did you get that going? And they might, they, you know, they don't run something small. They run something like multi, multi billions. And then that's, 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 that's the way in. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what's been so exciting, obviously, about your guys' approaches. That's that small account inside a large company becomes a very, very big account because of how much agility you can that's, give them. And that's how Twilio got big into Uber. Now you hear this Twilio story and they tell you, they tell you that it was during a hackathon. Someone was really like, cool. I'm going to integrate Twilio. And they're still to this day, Uber is still using the same Twilio username and password and account credentials that were integrated into the, into their, uh, hackathon. That's to this day. That's the same account that they're using in billing. And, and so the idea, that's why the going after developers is actually a very key strategy for us because we think that if they can at least understand how to, you know, solve the problem that they will have to solve in the future, just coming to VGS is a great way for us to win that strategy initially. And, and and we will get them as a customer at some point, right? Not necessarily right now, but eventually they will go on their careers and they will touch and they will come to a crossroads at some point in their lives. And it will be, do I avoid touching sensitive data or do I just accept the fact that I have to touch sensitive data? And that hopefully when they come to those crossroads, VGS is the way in the middle. And so, you know, they don't have to decide for either of those. All roads lead to you. You see it that goes the crossroad. Which goes it. The clouds open when the roots come down. Like, ah, welcome to the VGS world. You've accepted your reality. (laughs) Uh, But hopefully that matches your thesis, Ross, on how infrastructure is developed, right? 
I mean, winning matches my thesis. <laughs> uh, There's the VC. There's the VC mindset that's coming out right now. It's, uh, it's, I mean, it's spot on. And I think, by the way, the thing you said about developers, it is the hard road because it's like it's the most skeptical. It's the most interested, curious, great group to go after because they're seeking the next thing. And I think maybe maybe like all of us, it's also then the most skeptical. Like, nah, that doesn't work. My that thing is good enough. That's not fast enough. And so, like, you know, over that hurdle, yeah, the Twilio's, the the Atlassians of the world, anybody that has that like kind of developer, you know, root in them, those people. Well, GitHub, I mean, look at GitHub. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's the stickiest, yeah. the stickiest products because like, you're 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 genuinely over the no no. This is insanely valuable hurdle. Yeah, that's uh, right. And so the thing with developers, they will use your product, and I've noticed this. You know, and yes, I'm a security, I'm a data security company, but ultimately I try to be an infrastructure company first and we are infrastructure disguised, disguised as SaaS, right? And it's very interesting because we sell you all these products, but really at the end of the day, it's the network effects that you get from building on top of VGS. And we actually had this, uh, this discussion, which was how, why do we go after developers? Why spend time after them? And I've heard it from many customers before or many uh, individuals before who worked at these enterprise companies and they were very much like, why go after developers? They're just, they're just big headaches. They just, and so they're the most vocal. They don't have any money. And I was like, right, they're going to use your product and they're going to use your product. And I fundamentally believe, and I will, you know, I've heard this before from various enterprise sales individuals who, have basically told me flat out, we sold a product that didn't work to a company that didn't want it and they still bought it. And I think that is the majority. The fact that tons of these companies have security budgets today and still get breached because just the cost of understanding how to build these products today comes fundamentally at a problem of a success organization and not going after the developer. So in a very similar fashion and inspired by the way Stripe attacked the payments industry, which by the way, like no one's even close to competing with them. I mean, I just signed up for an authorized.net account the other day and it just, you could just tell the people who are developing it are just clueless. They just don't know how to build a product for developers, but yet they use, you just go to their website. It's so beautifully designed and they make it so easy for you to sign up. But then you log in and the web portal looks like it's been designed from 2000 and it's awful. And you know, you could just see that really it's just, the wolf in sheep's clothing, really. And so it's very interesting to see Stripe's attack on that. I'm not, we use them. so I'm curious, when you have such a big vision, as you've articulated before, how do you think about where to start first? How do you think about sequencing or staging? Or how do you think about, no, we'll get there, but not now. We're going to focus on this first. That is the hardest question for me to answer and is the hardest thing for me to do. I always want to do things all at one time. And I'm always, you know, always wondering, are we moving too slow or are we moving too slow? Why are we moving too slow? Right. And so, and we could be doing great, could be executing very well, but to me, I'm always not happy. And honestly, I'll tell you, I ch- it all changed when maybe this is a myth or not, but please do not tell me, but it all changed when I heard that Elon Musk personally checked like the first hundred Teslas or something, maybe thousand Teslas that went off the, the line and I, and then somebody was like, no, he checks every single one of them. And I was like, oh my God, how does this guy do it? Builds a rocket company and then checks every car to make sure it's up to par. There is no excuse. I need to be using our product. You know, there's no excuse. And so ultimately I take that to heart. And so what keeps me 
not focusing on going to the next level is when I use our product and I'm like, no, we should be executing at the core better. We should be executing at the core better. And so, but ultimately I have to step back at some point and say, we need to go to the strategy. And thankfully we've been able to get enough people uh, to join uh, us at our vision at VGS and really go forward there. And uh, it's been, I've been blessed. So I'm, I'm very happy, but it's always a constant struggle. I want to go do the crazy things the next day as an entrepreneur, but it's always a constant struggle between that and reality. Right. Well, I think one thing I've seen you do exceptionally well among the founders I work with is also I'm going to do this job. I'm going to I'm going to do the pre-sales work. I'm going to I'm going to do the development. I'm going to do the sales work. I'm going to do the pre-sales work. I'm going to I'm going to I'll bet you had a hand in that right in that marketing case. And the thesis being like as a founder, like I'm going to see what our special twist on it is. I'm going to see what's going to be hard, and then you can come in and get great people. To, to, to take that over or even do it better. But like, once you understand, it's like, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to walk that walk. I'm going to go check that car. And then I understand like all the steps in checking the car. And then I can build a team that goes and does it. And I think that that's how do you hire someone to do a job that you don't know how to do? I just don't, I'm honestly, if you can figure that out, I'd love to know. I just don't know how to do that. I don't know. I, people will tell you anything that they want because they're trying to close the sale, right? And so if you're hiring someone, the other person is selling you on themselves. And obviously we're selling them on VGS, you know, but I, at least I know that I, as a, as a CEO and a founder, somebody will be like, Hey, you told me BS, right? And so I want to say the same thing. I don't know how to hire someone. And I don't know what the difference between BS or somebody's like not saying the real thing without me physically doing it themselves. And we do it with engineers today. When we interview them, we give them puzzles that they saw on whiteboard. Right behind you is a whiteboard for giving interview questions as well, just to see how people think. And for me, I don't really care about the right answer. I care about the thought process that it takes for you to get there because I think a logical thought process is key. I absolutely will go into the trenches because I don't know how to scale a team or an organization without going into the trenches first and doing it myself. It's like, Eric, it's something you and I have talked about before. It's like, you know, what are those characteristics of successful founders? And some of it's just like, I'm willing to, not just willing to do every job, but like, I want to do this job so I can understand it. So I can understand how to build that, you know, get that superpower to my team. I know what I'm looking for. Totally. Ross, if you look out a couple years, maybe two to three years, and they're, you know, if a couple of paths, one is that VGS is going absolutely gangbusters and it's onto the next stage and it's sort of leveled up and you're like, wow, this is really on its way to becoming, you know, a mega unicorn. And if you see the other path is it's either you're trudging along or, or wow, it's really hasn't, hasn't worked out or it doesn't look like it's going to. What do you think is going to like really fundamentally determine whether it goes in either of those paths and put us putting aside the sort of normal things around execution and, and things that apply to, Every company, but what's sort of distinct that VGS is going to determine whether it's a success or not? So Mahmoud died in this <laughs> case. I mean, it was dark, man. <laughs> That's a good point. I, I, hey, you, la- you laugh, you laugh. Uh, and so, you know, I just gave up my motorcycle because specifically because I was told, well, I was, t- I mean, it's a hard, it was hard for me. But Wait, would I, you ride? Uh, an SV650S. It was really nice, and I miss it. Dude, the kids. I had a Triumph Speed Triple that I put out, put up, put out, put on the intersection. A friend's bike I put out in the intersection. Yeah, still a friend. <laughs> what a good friend that was. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, first time on it. I think he'd written it twice. Now oh. it was the third time. Oh, oh I'm a bad, bad person. Oh my gosh. But yeah, that's one of the, like my you know my co-founder 
definitely came to me and was like, Hey, like we have to talk about this, you know? And so I realized like people, when my, when my co-founder comes to me and tells me, Hey, are we doing this mission? Like you just start thinking about what we're building here and not yourself as well as my wife. Right. And so she was the, she was, she was, she was the final, she was the final straw. She was like, no, it's not happening. You have to get rid of it. And so, so I was like, okay, well, if my co-founder and my wife are not supporting me on this, who's going to support me? I know more for sure my investors are like, nope, you know, so no one's going to help, right? And so um, my friends were really disappointed, but that's okay. Uh, I really do think it's uh, like with every founding team and every set of founders, that, that that's a huge part of it is like just that force of will to create the company and drive it to success at the as, as big as it can possibly be. What else hasn't been proven yet that needs to be proven? Yeah. I can't help but also mention the one thing that would that would that would slow down the adoption cycle i think is to get over, breached <laughs> i was i was going to say uh uh is is a well actually over reduction in breaches in the world so they're going to be they're going to yeah that's probably the biggest thing right is that actual is, is a is a breach on thing that would break the credibility of a security company that's the, that's right and so and so we have to really think about what is vgs really selling and we're selling trust. We're, we're, I'm selling you on the fact that this is my core competency and I will be as just as good at you as, as your team or, you know, or maybe better, right? Hopefully better, right? Cause it's my core competency than uh, at, at doing this one specific thing. And it really follows the Unix philosophy. Do one thing and do one thing very well. What is VGS really doing? VGS is securing your data and letting you operate on it without any of the risks and burdens of its custodianship. So you retain full business utility. And the idea is how do you retain full business utility while securing the world's most sensitive vault? And that has been a challenge for us. And we have developed from, that's why we designed it after prison. And we take, it's been very thoughtfully engineered with lots of fail safes and systems with big red buttons that have lots of protocols that we've developed um, to be able to do that, right? But, you know, it's a, it's a, it keeps me up at night, right? And it's a, my friends ask me, why did you start a data security company and you hold the data for other people? Are you crazy? You could have just built a social network or something. And because that's the problem, no one's stepping up and saying, I'm going to do that, right? And, and that's the biggest thing that VGS has to um, always pay attention to is the, is the trust, uh, from the the customers because without it the the product it doesn't get adopted it doesn't work. Any other thoughts regarding blockchain and security companies generally that you think are interesting to talk about? Yeah, actually, I think the, decentra- the decentralized ledger is very interesting. Right, it's taking double entry accounting and adding it into all types of transactions today. Right, and so I think one of the coolest things that I think about blockchain today is, is getting a lot of people interested in. Uh, understanding the principles behind building some of these things and building these ledgers and opening up a lot of the sciences of accounting and, you know, uh, chartered finance, financial analysts. A lot of the science behind it comes into asset pricing and comes in, and comes into like, how do you tokenize a, a, an asset, a security, the ICO? Those are very exciting spaces and blockchain will be revolutionary and it will have its day. It's coming, right? I think it would be very, would be fools to ignore it. The most important thing that I think that they're doing though is they're raising awareness that not everything has to be centralized. And I think to me, 
that will lead to future generations who will probably build the the killer use case or the new government on blockchain. And so we'll see something like that pretty soon. Uh, yeah. So you mentioned something. Uh, there's this quote that's trying to look up and it's by Alex Rampell, who is our board member. He says, you know, the battle between every startup and incumbent comes down to whether the startup gets distribution, distribution before the incumbent gets innovation. And as a, one of the biggest risks for our company is another incumbent in the space decides to come after what VGS is doing in a more innovative way. And we've gone through great lengths to make it drop dead simple without any code changes to your application to use VGS. And I think that's the thing that I meant, forgot to mention before. We let you secure, you know, we let you instantly collect, protect and exchange that sensitive data without any code changes on your part. So you just wrap your application with VGS and instantly stops from touching sensitive data. Can another incumbent get into the space? Do they have distribution, you know, better, better distribution than us? Are they going to be powering the companies that are actually touching sensitive data, right? So if we want to power the world's secure operations, you have to go after the companies that are touching the world's sensitive data, right? And are doing some of the world's secure operations. And so will they go to LendUps? Will they go to the Plaids? Will they go to the Stripes and work their way up? And will they get adoption? And so that's, that quote also terrifies me. So. I live in fear all day of being breached myself, which we go, you know, which is in our control, but sometimes it might not be. And then the other one is there's another thing that's out of our control, which is an incumbent, you know, decides to get into the space. So only, only the paranoid survive. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> Andy Grove gave it to us. It's right. Oh, yeah. I think that's a good note to close on. Um, any, uh, where can people follow you online and any last plugs in terms of what people should be looking out for? You know, you're hiring, of course. Yeah. So we're always looking for smart people. I'm not even going to tell you we're looking for engineers or any specific type of individuals. We're looking for just smart individuals and we need a lot of help with marketing. So if you're smart, you know, please apply. We actually have a puzzle. Go to puzzle.verygoodsecurity.io and, uh, you can fill out that puzzle there or, you know, email us at jobs at verygoodsecurity.com. And, uh, we all your, all we require is being smart. Awesome. You can't, uh, you can't also, you can't not comment on the awesome domain, domain name as well. What's the company's name? Very good security. What's the domain? Very good security. <laughs> what do you provide? Very good security. Any so, other questions? You know, Phil Zimmerman, it's an homage to his pretty good privacy, yeah. which is, uh, which is, uh, it's also something that, you know, a lot of the hackers are like, Oh, nice. You know, and so it's pretty cool. Thank you guys. It's been a fantastic episode. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us. If you're an early stage entrepreneur, we'd love to hear from you. Check out more at www.villageglobal.vc. We'd love to learn more about what you're up to.